So we're seeing people get out of LA, downtown LA, and go to cities way much further out. Mm. Some of them, because of the stay-at-home orders or even working from home, they're even relocating to other states. A lot of people we're seeing getting out of California into other states where it's much more affordable to find homes. And then that's kind of the approach that they're taking to home ownership just because, you know, it's becoming very limited right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth season of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. Real estate investing is not rocket science, but it's not a fairy tale either. It's an incredible investment vehicle that builds and grows wealth. I have done it, and this is why so many of the wealthiest people in America and in the world, actually, invest in real estate as well. Listen in every week to learn about all the different real estate asset classes, which strategies experienced and successful investors use to live their best lives and the processes to do it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just listen in every week to grow your knowledge along with me and to move your finances to a place where you can live an extraordinary life. This show is sponsored by my company, Blue Lake Capital, where we help passive investors grow their wealth through large multifamily investments and funds. To learn more about my company and invest in with me, visit www.bluelake-capital.com. Welcome to Ready to Scale Season 4. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman, broadcasting from the freezing cold and kind of gray Providence, Rhode Island, but I'm soon going to be back on the West Coast, back in Santa Monica. So I'm very excited for that to happen. So today on the show, I have a very special guest, Lloyda Velasquez, and she's a real estate agent with eXp Realty in Southern California. And she's also known as the Wonder Woman of Real Estate. And we're going to hear from her about the single family home market, which is very, very hot right now and for a good reason. But just a little bit more about Loida. She's the host of New in Real Estate podcast and she has two YouTube channels. And in addition, she has an extensive background in marketing and program management for Fortune 500 companies prior to getting into real estate. So she worked a short time as an English instructor abroad in Beijing, China and Taiwan. So very, very interesting background. On top of that, Lloyda has a BA in marketing management, and she's passionate about multicultural empowerment. So without further ado, Lloyda, I would like to welcome you to the show. How are you today? <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Ellie. I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here with you. And also that introduction, I mean, like I pretty much have done everything. At one point, I've also worked at a record label, entertainment. So you name it, I probably have some type of experience. <laughs> That's fascinating. And at the end, you landed in real estate. Yes, correct. So tell me and the listeners a little bit more about your journey so we can get a little bit more of, you know, kind of a taste of your path from maybe, you know, the time that when you started thinking about a career and until today. Yes. So I got into real estate back in 2015. And prior to that, is when I did all the marketing, advertising, I traveled overseas to teach kids English. And towards the end of that period, right before I transitioned into real estate, 
I was working at an advertising company and one of my jobs was pretty much being out in the field 100% of the time. This was an automotive marketing company and I was pretty much at auto shows, product launches and things like that. And I absolutely love traveling and being out and seeing new places, but it got to the point that I was over living out of a suitcase from hotel to hotel. And I'm like, I do not see myself doing this for the rest of my life. So it got to the point that I started to look into real estate. I saw the opportunities that were there. If you put in the work, I knew that it was not going to be easy. It was not going to be glamorous, but I have always had a very entrepreneurial mindset. And whenever I have set myself to do something, I want to make sure that I execute it to the best of my ability. So then I started looking on YouTube what it was like to be an agent. And then that's kind of how I started. I would read about cold calling and door knocking and how a lot of the top producers started like that, just kind of reaching out to people that they did not know. So I took that as an opportunity to also work on my communication and better my skills. And that is really how I built the foundation of my business in the beginning. That's wonderful. And today your focus is multifamily homes in Southern California, in the LA market. Yes, correct. All right. So let's dive into our conversation and start with the asset portion of it. So single family homes is what you do. That's your bread and butter, your expertise. I would love to hear your view of the current single-family home market. We all know it's very hot. There's not a lot of assets out there. From your point of view, from where you see things, what is your view of the market? Yeah, so out here in Southern California, the areas that I work mostly are Los Angeles and Orange County and also the Inland Empire. And what we are seeing is that obviously in the past year, prices have gone up significantly. Since interest rates have been low, we see a lot of buyers trying to take advantage of this. But unfortunately, what is happening is that there's very low inventory still. The homes that are priced correctly, and even the ones that I've seen a little bit overpriced, they're still getting multiple offers. And the type of buyers that are coming in and kind of overbidding and getting those first-time buyers out are the ones that are conventional putting large amounts of down payment. Some of them are paying more than appraisal amount. Some of them are waiving the appraisal. So we're seeing a lot of competition. A lot of first-time buyers are kind of getting discouraged because they want to get into a home, but it's just becoming so difficult. We're also seeing more and more family members join together to try and qualify for higher amounts. And that's just the reality just in general, in LA, you really can't find anything under 500000 that's like a three-bedroom. If you do, it's probably a fixer that needs a lot of work. And if a buyer is using an FHA loan, we know that they are very strict when it comes to the condition of the home. So even though the families might consider being able to get into a home like that because maybe their family members work in construction or they can fix the homes themselves, they unfortunately cannot proceed that route. Mm. And that's when we start to see other buyers come on in and kind of take over. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, to add to the limited inventory to begin with, we've all read about Blackstone's move recently. They purchased a company that basically their strategy is to buy a large amount of single family homes and manage them as portfolios. So they basically keep doing that and more companies are going to do the same because 
Little Blackstone is thinking out of the box, you know, how to diversify their own portfolio. But all those homes are being taken out of the market. They're going to hold them for 7, 10, 20 years, who knows, you know, how many years. And so the limited inventory, you know, will get even smaller over the years because there's going to be so many homes that are going to be out of the market managed by big corporation. And that's going to add more pressure on the market and, and the limited availability. Do you see the market changing at any point or you think that the limited inventory issue is here to stay? I do see it changing probably later on in the future. Something that I hear all the time, and maybe you hear it too, is that there are still people that are asking me, you know, when is the market going to crash or when are things going to start to change? And, you know, at the end of the day, we have no idea. We don't have a crystal ball, but real estate goes in cycles. So eventually something will happen. Now, when that will be, we don't even know. What we are seeing out here, just like you mentioned, I mean, there's going to be a lot more limited inventory. So we're seeing people get out of LA, downtown LA, and go to cities way much further out. Mm. Some of them, because of the stay-at-home orders or even working from home, they're even relocating to other states. A lot of people we're seeing getting out of California into other states where it's much more affordable to find homes. And then that's kind of the approach that they're taking to home ownership, just because you know it's becoming very limited right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the process of winning deals in such a competitive market. Loida, can you share with us some tactics that you've seen in the market, maybe from your clients, that you mentioned one of them that helped them win deals in such a competitive market? I think one of the tactics that you've mentioned was just waiving inspection or putting a large down payment. Can you elaborate on those tactics and maybe add some more interesting tactics of how, you know, the listeners that are listening to us right now and are looking for single family homes as rental properties to purchase, what's their takeaways? What can they do tomorrow? What tactics can they use to win deals? Yeah. So I would say definitely first, make sure that your agent is a good negotiator and communicator because that will be the first step into you finding out the information that you need from the listing agent and perhaps what the seller is looking for. So when I'm working with buyers and they tell me, you know what, Loida, we really want this house. What is it going to take? Immediately, I get in contact with the listing agent. I find out if they have any offers, any information that I can get from them to help me and my clients. I will try to squeeze all that out. If the sellers need extra time to move out, maybe they need to rent back. I'll make notes. Depending on whatever they tell me, I'll make sure to write an offer that they can't refuse or at least that they will consider, especially if there's multiple offers. Just like you mentioned, the appraisal, that is going to come down to the buyer and whether or not they feel comfortable. One of the things that I do when it comes to that point regarding the appraisal and the price is that I do my research and look at the comparables to see what homes in that area and that size are selling for. Well, what we are seeing is that a lot of listing agents are pricing the homes aggressively just to bid it up to see how many offers they can get Mm -hmm. and how much more they can get above asking price. So even when I'm showing homes to my buyers, I tell them, you know what, I'm going to do my research, but it's very possible that that price is not what it's going to sell for. And you're going to have to pay more than that. So I already want to warn you up front 
don't think you're overpaying. It's just that it's priced way below what it should be just to create that bidding war and sense of urgency. So I do my research. I make sure that we send an offer that is very competitive. If it's above asking price, I also have conversations with the buyers and I tell them, you know what, what might make you stand out is if you pay more than the appraisal price, because if there's multiple offers, someone is going to give more than you. So what does that number look like for you? How much more are you willing to pay on top of what it's worth to secure the home to the point that if you don't get it, you don't feel that, you know, I could have given $10,000 more, but if you do get it, you don't feel that you overpaid. So I have those conversations way in the beginning. That way they already have that in their mind. Along with that, lowering the contingency periods. Here in California, it's standard for the inspections to be 17 days. I like to lower it to seven or 10 days. That way the seller knows that, hey, we're gonna do all of our due diligence immediately in case something comes up as a red flag. We're not wasting each other's time. If we need to back out, we back out and you can get another offer. So lowering the contingency periods is definitely something that's going to make the offers stand out. We're seeing a lot of people and a lot of sellers, they like to close fast. So if it can be less than 30 days, it can be 21 or 25 days, even better. If the loan, if there's DU approval, that is something that I also let the listing agent know so that the seller and the agent know that my buyer is fully approved, they're qualified and there is a very small risk that we're going to fall out of escrow should they accept our offer. All right. Well, I hope that you guys were taking notes because these are some golden nuggets right there on how to win deals, how to win kind of the bid and war and, you know, how to make sure that your offer is going to get accepted in today's extremely hot single family home market. Lita, let's talk a little bit about the ROI. You know, you've probably worked with a lot of different home buyers, some you know, chose to live there and some chose to make it an investment property. Of those who were basically looking to make an investment property, what kind of interesting ideas and strategies you've seen those investors use to maximize their return on their investment to make sure that this deal is actually going to be a very lucrative investment? Yeah. So something that I do when I work with clients like that and something that I know that they like is when there's a lot of research that has been done regarding the specific area that they're interested in purchasing it. If there is new construction going on, if it's close to, for example, downtown or the beaches or something that's of entertainment, they see that as an opportunity to attract people. And perhaps if the rents are good, and if there's tenants in there, they might be able to get them out and establish new rents or maybe do Airbnb. So we see a lot of different things. Out here in Los Angeles, unfortunately, some areas do have rent control. And that is also something that for a lot of investors, they're really not interested in, especially if the buildings are currently tenant occupied, just because it's very difficult to get people out. And some people are still paying like $400 a month when market rents are over 2,800, which is crazy. What we are seeing also is that owners of those buildings with those tenants, they wanna sell and the market value for that property might be, let's say 2 million, but the rents of everyone that's in there only accumulate to let's say $2,000 for four units. So it's also very difficult for them trying to sell. So we have these conversations. At the end of the day, it's all about presenting all of the different opportunities to these investors. 
perhaps if they can do any upgrades, if they can do any additions or change any type of layout in the property that can bring more value. I, as a real estate agent, would do my research and present to them all their options. That way, it's easy for them to kind of see and picture what the long-term investment might come out to be. And also, if there's a lot more opportunity for growth. All right. That's great. That's great. Loida, any closing remarks before we move to the lightning round questions? (laughs) At the end of the day, I feel that what's really going to help you as an investor or a buyer is having a good agent on your side that knows what they're doing, can communicate with others, can answer your questions, because that's really what's going to give you peace of mind and confidence that, you know, if I'm going to spend a million dollars on a property, I'm going to feel good about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Loida, lightning round questions. Here's question number one. What's your favorite hobby besides selling homes? My favorite hobby is actually playing the saxophone. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes. So it's funny. When I was in high school, I was in band. That's something that a lot of people don't know. So I'm very musically talented. I play the saxophone and the clarinet. Wow. All right. Are you still playing it or is it something that you, you used to do? It's something that I used to do. Here and there, I do it. This is a funny story. The song that got me interested in learning how to play the saxophone was Careless Whisper by George Michael. So the first time I heard it, I was like, I need to learn how to play the saxophone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sounds amazing. What's the one thing, Loida, that people do not know about you? A lot of people don't know that I am an only child. Ah, all right. And what you wish you'd known when you just started getting into real estate? I wish I would have known that at the end of the day, it was all going to be my mindset, what was going to push me through to succeed. Just because, you know, we start, we see the end goal, but then we're putting in the work and sometimes things are not happening. And there were times that I wanted to give up. So I feel that if I would have been a little bit more confident in the beginning, knowing that, you know what, everything's going to work out great. I would have had more confidence when making calls and going door knocking and trying to convert clients. All right. You know, on the show, we're also very pro living extraordinary life. So what's your advice for investors, for people who want to live extraordinary life and really, you know, are trying to get there and, you know, in today's world, mindset is everything or at least a big part of your success and your happiness. I totally you know, relate to what you've said earlier, but what's your advice for those who want to live extraordinary life? I think at the end of the day, as long as you're happy with what you're doing, that's what's going to allow you to live that life that you want to live. For example, for me, I knew that getting into this business was going to be something that benefited me, my family, the way that I wanted to live, what I wanted to do. And every day that I'm making calls, I'm happy. So if you want to live a life where you're happy, you wake up and you're not dreading what you're doing, then reevaluate what it is that you want to accomplish, what your goals are, and that should take you to that path. All right. Amazing. Loida, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your wisdom with us. If listeners would like to reach out to you, where can they find you? Yeah, you guys can find me mostly on YouTube. I have a lot of videos on there. LoidaVelasquez.com. I'm pretty much everywhere. Loida Velasquez, my name. All right. 
Awesome. Awesome. So that's it for today's guys. If you'd like to speak with me about investing in multifamily, be sure to go to my website, www.bluelake-capital.com. Go to the new investor section. And until then, be bold, be great. And I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.